What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. This week, I'm talking to Jamie Lee Grace. Jamie Lee Grace is a TV and radio personality here in the UK who spent her career working in the media and now is really focused on natural beauty. She's a published author with a couple natural beauty books and she's really an advocate for more natural beauty here in the UK. But the reason that I wanted to have Jamie on the podcast is because of her expertise in media training. In addition to her TV and radio career, Janie is now working with holistic entrepreneurs on media training and how to get their businesses out in the world in the best way and communicate what they do. So Janie really has that perfect blend of deep media experience with also understanding the holistic market. And I wanted to have her come on today to really talk about how we can maximize media opportunities for our own business. How do you prepare for interviews and how do you really get yourself across in the most effective, most positive way for your business when these opportunities do come up? Now you'll be able to get all the links to Janie's website and everything that we talk about back in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 24. And if you enjoy these podcasts, I would love it if you could help me spread the word. So if you could either follow me on Twitter, I'm at Vintage Amanda, and I always tweet about these episodes. And if you could retweet me, that would be awesome. Or if you just know other health and wellness entrepreneurs, you know, some people are still uncomfortable with podcasts. They think it's some sort of tricky technology, but actually, as you know, because you're listening to one, they're amazing because they let you get this great training when you're on the go at the gym, while you're cleaning your house, while you're cooking dinner, while you're on your commute in the subway, you're getting all this great info while you're on the go. So I wish more people would know about podcasts because they're such a great resource. So it would be really cool if you could help spread the word and maybe tweet or share it on Facebook, share it in one of your forums. That would be a huge help to me. Okay, so let's jump into this interview with Janie Lee Grace and learn how to maximize our media coverage. Hi, Janie. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. So, Janie, we've got a worldwide audience, and I think people in the UK will know who you are. But for those people around the world, like in the States and other places, could you kind of give us a little introduction to yourself and what you do? Sure, yes. Well, probably many people in the UK know me as a presenter. I work on BBC Radio 2, which is the UK's most listened to radio station, really. So it's uh, very well known. It's a fantastic place to be part of. And uh, in addition to working on BBC Radio 2, I'm also, I suppose, queen of holistic living, if that's okay to give myself that crown. (laughs) Um, And I, I only say that because I, for many years, I've been absolutely passionate about promoting sort of health and well-being and holistic living generally. And while I don't have any of my own products, I don't sell anything, I I do make it my absolute uh, life's work, if you like, to recommend the best of the best in eco, organic, natural, sustainable products. And I've written several books. I wrote a number one bestseller called Impact Natural Woman, which uh, 
in my, my very first book. Um, and then, uh, well, so uh, I've kind of widened the holistic picture. So now work with people who want to get their message out there. Because I basically work on the radio, I get to see people who are promoting what they do. And it really made it, you know, sort of very obvious to me that there are an awful lot of people, particularly entrepreneurs and people who have small businesses. And, and often they have an amazing business or an amazing book. And yet they just don't have the skills to get their message out there. So that's something that recently I've been really thrilled to be able to work with people to take them to the next level and to really help them shine. I have a program called Prepare to Shine and, and that's what I, you know, I hope to try and help people to do. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute, actually. But I'm curious how you got into all the holistic world in the beginning. Was, did you have a personal experience that got you into it or have you always been interested in it? Yeah, I, I did have a personal experience, I suppose. For many years, I was not uh, health conscious at all. I was in the music business. I used to be a singer, so I toured the world with a lot of famous bands, and, and it literally was, you know, rock and roll kind of lifestyle, you know, junk food and everything else. And and I suppose um, the wake-up call came for me when I had a little health scare. It was kind of a precancerous cells of the cervix. So I, I sort of had this little scare, and I was given a, a, a biopsy. And in that situation, many people would just go along and sort of have a treatment and that would be the end of it. But because I've always been the kind of person who asks questions, I just started to ask, you know, some questions around this. And, and really, that was the beginning of my journey. So I suppose I started looking at nutrition and what I was eating, what I was consuming. I was also on the contraceptive pill at the time. So uh, I'm convinced that would have been a factor as well. So I looked into all these things and I started, you know, started with nutrition and then also looked at the power of the mind. And I really started to get a handle on how that was going to be affecting me. And then over time, widened the net as it were and started to become aware of toxins in the environment and personal care products. And, and then by the time I had my first child, which was 15 and a half years ago. Once I became pregnant, that was sort of like the final bit of the jigsaw where I thought, okay, right, now I really do need to look at the whole picture of sustainability, you know, when it comes to both personal health and well-being, you know, as well as, as the rest of the planet. Well, actually, that's how I came across you, I think, was from your book, Look Great Naturally Without Ditching the Lipstick. Yeah, that's the, that's the yeah. most recent book with Hay House, yes. Right, yeah, that's how I discovered you because my specialty is actually natural beauty. And so I've definitely, all that stuff that you said, that completely makes sense that a lot of a lot of women, you know, you get into your health journey some way and then you start realizing, okay, well, it's good that we're eating healthy food and not eating toxins, you know, we're getting organic food, but mm. at the same time, look what we're putting all over our skin. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I, just to give you a little story on that, what was very interesting for me was when I fairly early on when I got into this stuff, I did a, a juicing retreat. And so I, I was lucky enough to sort of be on a retreat where we were just having juices and smoothies. It was all fabulously nutritionally worked out, but you know, it was a detox and there were people there, some of whom were, had, had really never considered what they sort of ate before. And so they, they were on this huge detox journey and there they were over the course of a few days, completely detoxing their body. And yet, you know, still spraying on the deodorants in the morning and ladening on the sun creams. And, and, and I was actually in shock because it, 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 suddenly I could see really clearly that it's absolutely pointless trying to sort of detox your body when you're then putting all the toxins straight back in. So I actually did a little bit of an exercise the next time I did a juice retreat. And I got a whole bunch of people and I said, look, will you do a little bit of experiment with me? Even if you are a kind of chemical junkie kind of thing, will you just for a few days 
not use any deodorant. Just don't use anything. Don't use anything at all. And they're all mm-hmm. sort of, ooh, okay, okay. And of course, it was amazing because at the end of the week, once they'd stopped the actual habitual practice, they realized that because what they were putting into their body was so healthy, they didn't need it, didn't need mm-hmm. it at all. Even though it was, it was hot weather and they were doing sport. You know, it's really interesting that, that so many people who are so conscious of what they consume just forget how important the skin is. It's our largest organ. What we put on our skin goes within. Completely. Yeah. And I think that's why, just to kind of tie it back into what we're talking about today, that's why it's so important that those of us that have this information can get it out there, right? Because so many people just are oblivious. I know before I, you know, the majority of my life, I never even thought about the fact that the stuff I put on my skin might end up inside my skin. So those of us that have that information and and want to bring it out to the world in a bigger way, it's really our duty to get it out there to help people. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the phrases I use a lot. It is your duty (laughs) if you have something that can help, you know, other people in whatever capacity. But certainly when it comes to, to sort of skincare and beauty, I think what most, you know, women want particularly is just they just want to know what works. You know, people, we don't always have the time to research every last thing. And that's, you know, what I hope I can, can help do for people is, you know, I've, I've done the research. I've done the, far, I can fast track you there, as it were, so, so that I know what works. And also for anyone who's thinking, well, you know, I really don't even want to buy into all of this. Then, you know, there's so much you can do yourself. You don't ha- actually have to spend you know, very much money at all. There's masses that can be done. And in my book, there's loads of, uh, you know, recipes for DIY, uh, you know, skincare, which are... I mean, if I can manage it with four kids, you know, anybody can really. (laughs) Easy stuff. So when you're working with entrepreneurs and people that are needing help to get their message out there, what are the common mistakes that you see people making? Well, there are two issues. One is that people often think that they don't need to do anything. Their theory is, well, if I build it, they will come. And of course, we hope that's true because if you're a good, you know, certainly therapists, practitioners, people working in some kind of healing capacity, if they are good at what they do, then of course they'll get recommendations. And in all walks of life, absolutely the best way to attract new clients is through recommendations. But beyond that, there's going to be a level whereby there's only one of you, perhaps, in your practice. And there's only so many clients you could treat, even if you had a full client list. And so my point is often to say to people, well, yes, if you build it, enough clients may come. But what else do you have a burning desire to get out there? You know, and and I often find when I talk to people a little bit, you know, get into a little bit of a deeper conversation that, as you just said, actually, it's their duty to get something else out there. Many therapists, many practitioners, many entrepreneurs, many small business owners have a wealth of information that they could and should be sharing. And many of them want to write a book, but they just feel overwhelmed at the thought of it. You know, or they want to become the go-to expert, as it were, the person who is always you know, called up by journalists or mm-hmm. always pops up on TV. Now, this is not about the ego. This is not just, oh, look at me, aren't I great? It's not about that. It really is a deep you know, desire to actually share the knowledge and the, the information they have, which I would say it is their duty to do because they can help so many people by doing that. We all of us, I'm sure, can think of someone who has inspired us. You know, I just was recently at another Hay House conference. And when you hear, you know, people who are totally authentic and they are offering you information that can actually really help you make a big change in your life, motivational, inspirational, whatever it might be. Nobody looks at that person and thinks, oh, for goodness sake, look at them putting themselves up there. Everyone just thinks, I'm so grateful that 
for their authenticity. And this is what it comes back to every time. If you really are authentic and you have a message to share and somewhere deep down, even though you may be frightened, even though you may be fearful, if somewhere deep down you know you have a message to share, then it is your duty to have the skills, to make sure you can grab those skills to get that message out there. And so what I try to to persuade people is that to get in touch with what that message is, to how they, what they need to do to, in order to promote themselves or their business, in order to grow their business, in order to just reach out to that wider audience, to really work out what it is they, that they want to put across and then grab the skills they need because they're just skills. These things can be learned. So how do you say, say you have an opportunity to talk to the media, you know, you've pitched yourself because we've talked in a previous episode about how to do some, some pitches to different Mm -hmm. media organizations and and try to get some coverage for yourself. So when you're in that situation, then do you have a couple of tips on how you can best get your message across? Yeah. Well, I would say the tips need to start before you get in the situation. (laughs) Mm. So we've already talked about how to attract the right opportunity. And as you say, you've covered that. If you are lucky enough to have attracted a great opportunity for yourself, before you go anywhere near it, you have to be extremely confident that you've done all your preparation. And this is the bit people forget and they miss out. And it's never fails to amaze me. Working on BBC Radio 2, you know, we interview people all the time. You know, Hollywood stars, celebs, all kinds of people. Sometimes we have authors in. Sometimes we have people who are not well known for whatever reason. And on several occasions, I've been the interviewee in a situation where someone has come in and they've written a great book or they have a great project, whatever it might be that they're in for. They would only be in if they had something good. They're perfectly able people, perfectly personable, you know, everything, everything on the face of it seems great. They sit down in the chair and they have done zero preparation for their interview. And it shows immediately. And there have, in fact, been times when if an interview has been pre-recorded for whatever reason, we've actually had to drop it. Mm. So that person has had the opportunity to speak to 7 million listeners and the interview got dropped because they'd done no preparation. And what I mean by that is you may have written a great book, you may have a great business project, you may know your subject, but if you haven't prepared what you're going to be saying in what can often be a very short space of time, then that can end up like an absolute load of waffle. So is that something like having prepared talking points, like kind of thinking about, okay, who's the audience and what's my goal and what are the things I'm going to come back to? Yeah, absolutely. The important thing is we've all heard politicians being interviewed, haven't we? And politicians are at one end of the scale. And I'm not suggesting that we necessarily need to go that far. But what we know when we listen to politicians is that they have an agenda. It doesn't matter what the questions are. They're going to get their agenda out anyway, to the extent that sometimes it can end up in a, in a big argument. You know, we hear interviewers and they'll say to, the, to a, a certain politician, but what are you going to do about the fact that you've lost seats in such and such constituency? And, you know, or how disappointed are you that you lost those seats in the constituency? And the politician acknowledges the question. They might say, um, that was disappointing. Let me tell you about my next. <laughs> you, see what, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so they are going to get their, their, their message across no matter what. Now, for the average person, we don't want to be forceful. We don't want to be bolshy or rude or any of that stuff. But we can take a little leaf out of that book. We can recognize that an interview is not an exam. An interview is an exchange. It's a conversation. And so, of course, it's polite to acknowledge a question. But once you've acknowledged a question, you can use that question, hopefully, 
your brain will have prepared you for your you will remember the bullet points or the the talking points as you say that you've prepared so that you're able to weave them in so that you get across what you want to get across as part of that conversation and unless you've prepared it in advance there are very few people that can do it well in a very short space of time and I guess that's something that comes with practice too. So for your first interviews, you should probably spend even more time preparing because it's not going to come as naturally, I would think. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things that you you need to that one needs to think about. It's it's preparing what it is you want to get across. It's also making sure that you're very clear on your unique selling point. Not everybody is. You know, that's a really important one. You, this I see all the time is that yeah. people, you know, they say, oh, well, I help, I empower women to live their best life. Okay, mm. what does that mean? Like people yeah. don't understand exactly what you do when you say that. Well, exactly. This is something I work with people a lot. I, I try to help people get real clarity on their USP because, you know, ultimately you are the brand. Now, this is the other thing that, that, that <laughs> really gets very confused using for, for, for many people, particularly when they're starting out. You might have a therapist, practitioner, perhaps someone is um, works with EFT or, or Reiki, whatever it might be. And when you try to get them to promote their work, they'll say, okay, well, I can say lots of great things about EFT and it can help cure this and this and this and this and it can help with this problem and this problem. And then I'll say, but what about you? I said, well, it's not about me. It's about EFT. <laughs> well, actually, it's about you mm -hmm. because there are many EFT practitioners across the world. There are many Reiki practitioners. And this is not about being in competition. It's about what's your unique selling point. So I often say to, to clients, particularly the female clients, but well, and the guys, you know, do you have a, a hairdresser that you go to? I mean, do you have a hairdresser you go to, Amanda? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> would you be happy to go into any hairdressing salon in any town in the UK and just no. rock up? No. no. You, you go to your hairdresser exactly. because you like, know and trust them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And people do business with those they like, know and trust. But unless we know we can like, know and trust you, unless we know something about you, unless you are you know, visible within your brand, then how can we choose you? And so this is the bit that I think people often forget. They've forgotten to put themselves in. And so I try and help people really get clarity on themselves as the brand and how that fits with their unique selling point. I think that's so important. And I think a lot of people, for some reason, feel really uncomfortable putting themselves forward like that. Like they don't want to feel like they're showing off or they don't want to be, you know, positioning themselves as a guru or something. But you're right, is that there are so many, you know, there's so many different practitioners out there that your clients are going to be attracted to you and you've got to inject yourself into your brand and your business. Yeah. And also, you know, back on that point, you're, you're right. So many people come into this work not because they want to be out there showing off. It's not the reason they came into the work. Similarly, a lot of people have issues with money. They don't want to charge very much, which is a pro mm -hmm. possibly a conversation for another time. But again, I would bring this back to this word, you know, this, this duty thing. Actually, you know what? If you have information that you can share, if you have light that you can spread out into the world, who are you not to do that? It's completely wrong to focus on your own superego telling you, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to look right up there on the stage or I'm not going to sound right or, or I don't want to put myself. It's not about me. You know, don't focus on that. Focus on how many more people could I help? Mm -hmm. If I were to share this information, how many more people could I help? And, you know, back on that money thing, which I do think links in, 
for those people who say, you know what, I'm going to keep my prices really low, really, really low, because I think a lot of the people who come to me, they just can't afford very much money. And I really want to be able to help, you know, people who don't, who don't, are not on a high income. So I'm keeping my prices really, really low. And to those therapists, I would say, you know what, look at the value that you're really giving to clients. And then make sure that you set your prices accordingly. When you've done that, because you're going to be earning a proper sustainable income for yourself, how fantastic. You can then offer free sessions for people on a low income. Everybody wins. You'll never have a situation where you're going to need to leave anybody out. But what you can do is make sure that you're valued. Because if you aren't valued, you know, if you don't feel valued yourself, then that's going to eat away at you. And for those people who are paying the full price for a treatment, let's look at what value they're getting. Look at the value. This is not the dollar per hour kind of mentality. You know, it's not just kind of going to work in a cafe and you're getting paid per hour. It's what value are you really giving that person? And, you know, you have to remember if you're somebody, you know, maybe you do have enough money, perhaps you're a high-flying businesswoman, and you really urgently need a therapeutic treatment. And you've got enough money for, to pay for it, but you really want to make sure that this is someone good and this is going to be of great value to you. If you Google around and you find someone who is well below the going rate, what are you going to think? You're just going to think, well, you know, they're probably not as good. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is that, that I found is when you pay a bit more for something, you actually value it more. Absolutely. So, so like, especially for those of us that are doing some sort of health coaching or life coaching or nutritional therapy, things where people need to make changes in their lives. I found if you charge a bit more, people take it more seriously. So they'll actually get better results. Definitely. I mean, th this whole issue around money with, with people who work in the kind of any kind of healing therapies is, is, is a real big one. <laughs> and, it, and it's definitely something that I, I work with, you know, with a lot of clients. But I mean, back to our original kind of topic, but, but linked to that, you know, Bill Gates famously once said, if I only had one dollar left, I'd spend it on marketing. <laughs> so, you know, that brings us back round full circle. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if you could also share with us a couple public speaking tips, because I hear this all the time that people are really scared to get up on stage and talk or give a workshop and get really self-conscious about it. So do you just have a couple tips on how people can be better public speakers? Yeah, well, again, it comes absolutely comes down to preparation. People, again, think that it's okay to stand up and do absolutely no preparation, or they think it's okay to simply read from a script. Both things are absolutely fatal and, and really won't work at all. Similarly, PowerPoint presentations. I mean, how many of us oh. are sat, you know, in rooms mm -hmm. where someone has every single thing they say is up there on a PowerPoint. Death by PowerPoint. So mm -hmm. what is the point? You may as well literally just go to a website and read it. If you want to connect with an audience, the word is connect. You have to connect with that audience. You cannot be simply looking down at a script while they read another script. What is the point? There is zero point in doing that at all. I'm not saying you can never use PowerPoint. It can have its place, you know, as a, a visual aid if that's appropriate for what you're doing. Personally, I never use it, but it can be appropriate in some instances. What's important is making a connection with the audience because it comes back to exactly the same thing. You want the audience to like, know and trust you. And then they think they might be able to do business with you. They really listen to what it is you're saying. And that comes back to preparation, confidence, get yourself some techniques and some skills in confidence and get yourself, you know, prepare. I often say to people, you know, if if you're going to run the London Marathon or the New York Marathon, would you just make the decision to run the marathon? And then, you know, get your training shoes on that day and rock up. 
Of course you wouldn't. You would fail miserably. You know, you need months of training to run that marathon. You're going to have to do it step by step. And it's exactly the same. Of course, you may not need quite as long and it won't be as arduous, I hope. But you do have to put your preparation in. And that's absolutely critical for public speaking. It's about confidence and presentation. And it's about making that connection with your audience. Well, also, most of us that are public speaking in the context of our business are hopefully, I hope, putting some call to action at the end to right? sign up for a free session, come buy a copy of my book, come to this workshop. And so you've got to engage with people to get them to actually take action at the end. You can't bore them to death and then hope that they'll come sign up to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. There's a whole process of how you can structure a good presentation depending on how much time you have. But absolutely, you know, at the onset, you need to make that connection. Offer something personal, you know, make it about you. It comes back to the same thing. You are the brand. Don't just stand up and tell someone about EFT and how, you know, it it came about and why it's brilliant for everything. Tell us your personal story. Tell us how it's helped, you know, with with clients, obviously without naming them or whatever it is. Make some connection that can really feel real so that by the time you've followed through that story, if you like, towards the end, then people are, are with you and they're interested in what it is you have to offer, hopefully. So, Jamie, since we all work in health and wellness, I would just love to hear some of the ways that you you know, that you stay balanced and healthy and kind of walk your talk as you're living your very busy life? Like, how do you maintain health and wellness in your own life? Mm, well, it's <laughs> a million dollar question, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if I've got everything right. I mean, my, my website is imperfectlynatural.com because <laughs> I don't think I'm perfect at all. I mean, the things I do do, I try to follow all my own advice when it comes to nutrition, you know, good nutrition. There's barely a chemical passes my door if I can help it. Um, I do have teenagers now, so that's a constant fight, <laughs> I can tell you. But I, you know, I'm very aware of, of those kinds of issues. In order to boost my own sort of health and well-being, one thing I do is I really try to remember the resources I need. And for me, it's different for everybody, but for me, I need to see the sea. And I don't underestimate that. For many years, I did. And I think this can happen with many of us, particularly if you're working with healing other people. You forget what you need to recharge your batteries. And all of us have something that, you know, that is our resource. For many people, it's walking in nature. I have a girlfriend for whom it's, it's, she has to have an open fire every single day, you know, summer or winter. She won't go and stay in a hotel unless there's an open fire. And she's very, very clear on making sure that that happens for her. And whatever it is for you, you have to find a way to make it happen. So for me, I don't live anywhere near the sea. And that's, <laughs> that's exhausting. But I have to actually diarize it. If I can only make a day trip to the sea and I'm only there for two hours, that's okay. I feel like I can go. I feel like I've been plugged in, if you like. And I've, I can recharge my batteries. And that's so important. And, and for all of us, we have to find time to do that. Get in touch with what your resources are. The other thing that I do for myself is I have a health kinesiology session once a month. And that I find that is like my sort of health insurance, if you like. It just puts everything back into balance. And whatever's going on, I can get in touch with it. And, and, and so I'm very grateful to have found a, you know, the right practitioner for me, you know, there, someone I really like, know and trust. So that's very important. And then when I remember, because I must, you know, admit I'm not, as I say, I'm not perfect. When I remember... I treat myself to something like a holistic facial or some kind of, you know, holistic massage, maybe aromatherapy or or something like that. So they're the things that I, I try to do to sort of keep some kind of balance in my life. 
Oh, I love it because so often we think, oh, well, that's not important. You know, that's a luxury. But actually, if it's one of those key things that's helping you become just stay more sane and more balanced so you can bring your best to your clients and your family, then it is a necessity. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it is back to that old saying that everybody knows so well, but, you know, you have to put your own mask on before you can, you know, help Mm. anybody else. And you really do, because if you're totally run down and drained and also this whole thing of if you're not actually fulfilling what it is you're here to do, which, you know, links back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I've worked with clients who they have a full client list or they have a thriving business. And yet there's something going on. There's a burning desire that's not been met. And they know they have something that they need to do, whether that's write a book or in many cases it is. They do say everyone has a, has a book in them. But whatever it is, there's something that they're not fulfilling. And they're not fulfilling it often because they think they're overwhelmed. They've got, it's too, they're too busy. It would take, you know, they don't have the resources. They don't have the money. But whatever it is, they keep pushing it down. And that literally eats away at you. And you have to address that. When you are in the flow, as people sometimes call it, when you're living, when you're fulfilling your purpose, when you're in the flow, when you're on purpose, that's when you feel balanced. That's when you feel huge amounts of energy. Great. So we're actually getting to the end of our time together. But I was wondering if you could tell us if people want to work with you or want to just learn more about you and your programs, where can they find out about that? Yeah, so if you just go to my website, which is janieleegrace.com, or you can go to imperfectlynatural.com, whichever you choose, go to janieleegrace.com and just click over on the left-hand sidebar, there's a menu, just click on media training. And then it tells you about the various things I offer. There's everything from a just a one-hour really get clear on your USP and your PR strategy, because people often want help with how do I literally kind of PR myself. So there's everything from a a one-hour session through to working with me for a longer period, which I call prepare to shine. And then that's where I kind of hold your hand, as it were, through to whatever it is you want to do with your business. And there's lots of other things in between. If you do want to write a book, I offer a program to help people with that. And of course, if you want help with public speaking, with being interviewed, then there's always, you know, programs and possibilities that can be tweaked to suit you and to suit your budget. So basically, when we're ready to really take our businesses to the next level and get some media attention, we should contact you. (laughs) Yeah, or even if you just, you're at the very early stage and you're thinking, you know what, I don't even know what my USP is or I don't even know what I want to do. There's been several people gone through the uh, power vision calls, as I call them, which is just one hour on the phone with me, who have, um, in the space of that one hour, we've actually established exactly what it is that they've always wanted to do and what they're going to do and exactly what those next steps are. And it's been tremendously successful. Have a quick look at the testimonials. I mean, I love doing this work because you can just imagine how rewarding it is when you see people. I've just, you know, there's been a couple of clients this week who uh, have released their first book purely as a result of going through this this work and, and just making it happen. It's so exciting. And another client who's had a full page uh, piece in the in a, in a national newspaper. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very rewarding when you see people fulfilling their dreams. I feel like my little chicks are flying. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it because I know that these people have such a great message to share. They're really authentic. And when I look, you know, and I hold a book in my hand that, you know, one of my clients has written, I think, my goodness, what would life be like if they hadn't have written this book, if it wasn't mm-hmm. out there, then the, the world's a worse place. If, mm-hmm. You know, if we didn't have this fabulous information. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's it, you know, it's fantastic to put this, you know, this time and effort and energy into what you know you really want to do. Great. Thank you so much, Janie, for being here. It's been great talking with you. Thank you.
thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. Just a reminder, you can get all of the information that we talk about and all of the links back to the websites in the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 24. And I'd love it if you'd go there and leave me a comment and tell me what you learned in this episode. What have you learned about how to maximize media coverage for your own business? So I'm wishing you a fantastic week. I hope you have lots of success in your business and I'll see you back here in the next episode.